this hour. Now, I do appreciate all of you that are here. Appreciate the good service this morning. Well, I just hate you had to miss it. But uh, God's glory did come down, and we had a good time. And just uh, got beside ourselves and lost our dignity. And I just went to a meeting for a while. And I had a, had a real time. I appreciate God meeting with us. Appreciate what the Lord did. Looking forward tonight. God bless him. And uh, we don't want to miss him tonight. And, and just because he blessed this morning, I mean, that's not enough. I'd like to have some more tonight. And uh, I'd, I believe he'd like to pour it out on us if we'll just open up and uh, just let him have his will, have his way. I want to read tonight from Deuteronomy chapter 6. And we'll begin reading in verse 20. And I'll ask you to stand with me tonight as we read. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 20. The Bible said here, And when thy son asketh thee in time to come, saying, What mean the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments which the Lord our God hath commanded you? Then you shall say unto thy son, We were, boy, I like that, We were Pharaoh's bondsmen in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonders great and sore upon Egypt, upon Pharaoh, and upon all his household before our eyes. And he brought us out from thence that he might bring us in to give us the land which he swore unto our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statues to fear the Lord our God for our good always that he might preserve us alive as it is at this day. And it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all these commandments before the Lord our God as he hath commanded us. Now, won't you notice verse 23? The Bible said, And he brought us out from thence that he might bring us in to give us the land which he swear unto our fathers. Let's bow our heads, please, for a moment of prayer. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Now, I'm going to ask Brother Charlie Sarton's dad tonight to lead us in prayer just before we bring the message. Amen. All right, you may be seated. All right, just come on in, folks. We're just getting ready to get cranked up. Just come on in. Good to have you. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 23. The Bible said, And he brought us out from thence, that he might bring us in to give us the land which he swore unto our fathers. And even though this is an Old Testament text, it's a New Testament reality and truth. I mean, there's no greater picture or type of our salvation to be found in the Old Testament that in the deliverance of Israel, how God brought them out of Egypt, brought them through the Red Sea, brought them through the wilderness, and brought them up to Kadesh Barnea, and then finally brought them over into the land of Canaan, into that land that floweth with milk and honey. And that's a real picture there. And the same thing is true in our lives. I mean, God, if we're saved, God has brought us out of Egypt, and it's God's plan to bring us over into the land of Canaan. I mean, over there where the blessings flow and the milk and the honey is and where the mountains are that God has for you and I. But here we have Israel as they're reminiscing about that. And he told them there, Moses told them, when your children shall ask you what these things mean, he said, you tell them that, that thank God we were Pharaoh's bondsmen, that we ain't no more, man. I mean, we've been brought out and been brought across. And I want to bring this up to date for just a few minutes, if you'll let me buy a little time tonight, about five minutes or so, and review Israel's history at 
and find out how that they got down in the land of Egypt. And look at it for just a second. You remember in the book of Genesis chapter 12 how that God found a man by the name of Abram that in the land of the earth of the Chaldees he was stooped in paganism. I mean lost on his way to hell without God. But I'm glad God lets you down and touched old Abram's life and said, Abram, get you out from among your kindred and your family. And he said, I'm going to take you to a land. He said, you follow me and I'll bless them that bless thee. I'll curse them that curse thee. And old Abram started a journey by faith. Hallelujah. He said, I'm looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. He never saw that city here in this walk of life. And neither have I, but I had the privilege to read about it in the book of Revelation. And one day that city is going to come down from God out of heaven prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And old Abram began to make that journey by faith. And you remember how God said there in Genesis chapter 15, he made a covenant with old Abraham. There's the Abrahamic covenant. He said, now Abraham, I'm going to give you a seed out of your own loins. And he said, that's the promised seed. And you remember there how God told old Abram to get the certain animals, old Abraham, the certain animals. And he was to divide them and lay them out. And he had the little doves there and he never did cut them. He had them laying there. And he had him just divided. He had him laying out there. And more the Bible said that old Abram began to kind of drive away the fowls of the air. And God had to put him in a deep sleep. I mean, God don't need no help for him. I put him in a sleep. And the Bible said there came walking down through there a smoking furnace and a burning lamp. Hallelujah. God was a seal in that covenant with old Abraham. And you remember there in Genesis chapter 21, you remember just prior to that of old Sarah she sat there and laughed why she said shall I lady my old age bear a son and God said now I heard you Sarah I heard you laugh but he said at this set time in the next year he said you're going to have a child thank God it wasn't long after that I mean, old Sarah began to feel some move. I mean, down inside of her. I can see her outside the tent door of old Abraham. And she's a darn him some little old socks. And make him some little old booties. Somebody come by and said, what you doing, Sarah? Is him for your grand youngins? She said, no. She said, that's for my promised son. Amen. Thank God. God is true to what he promises to his children. And then Genesis chapter Chapter 21, that promised seed was born. God done what he said he would do. But then you remember that, the boy by the name of Isaac. And you remember how Isaac, how Abraham sent a real easier out there to get the bride and bring her back. And he brought old Rebecca back. And they were married. And then to Rebecca and Isaac was born the two sons. In the Bible said they were by the name of Jacob and Esau. And you remember how that old Jacob, I mean, he was the subplanner. He was the trickster. But even in all of that, he's a type of the spiritual man. I mean, oh, Esau sold his birthright out. But then you remember how that old Jacob stole the blessing of the firstborn. I had to leave and flee to Haran. And they met old Uncle Laban over there. I served seven years there. Fell in love with a girl by the name of Rachel. I served seven years 
years. And you remember how that old Laban on the wedding night, he slipped Leah in there. I don't tell you, you reap what you sow, friend. I mean, old Jacob had sold deception in his brother's life to Esau. And I want you to know Laban let him reap exactly what he sold. And then he had to serve seven more years for Rachel. And then you remember to Rachel and Leah was born the twelve sons of Jacob. And those are the twelve tribes of the nation of Israel. But can you remember there was a son in Jacob's old age by the name of Joseph. And you remember how he dreamed the dream. I mentioned that one day this morning. He dreamed a dream that he was going to the top. And that their sheaves would bow down before his sheaves. And that the sun and the moon and the eleven stars would make obeisance unto him. But they laughed and passed it off. And then his brothers sold him to the Ishmaelites. They sold old Joseph to the Ishmaelites. I mean, they put him in the pit first, sold him to the Ishmaelites. He wound up in Potiphar's house. Potiphar's wife, an old Jezebel lied on him, and he wound out in the prison house. But thank God, from the pit to the prison, on his way to the palace. Hallelujah. I remember when I was in that pit, seeking in despair, but he brought me out, and I brought my way to the palace tonight. Oh, listen. You remember how God brought him out. Old Pharaoh had a dream. You remember how that was before that in the prison, the old butler and the baker. They both had dreams. And the butler told old Joseph his dream, how he had the wine and the grape juice typifies the blood. And old Joseph said, you're going to be delivered. You're going to be brought out of here. Pharaoh's going to restore you back. That old butler, he said, old baker, he said, boy, that sounds good. The old butler baker told how he had those different kinds of food and different things, the type of his works, the type of his works that he had made himself. Listen, oh, Joseph said, son, ain't bad news for you. You ain't going to make it. I'm going to tell you something. Those that trust in the blood's going to make it. Those that trust in works are not going to make it. But two years passed, and finally old Pharaoh dreamed a dream. The old butler, he said, why, wait a minute. He's a young man. There's a man down there in the prison with the name of Joseph that can interpret dreams. Brought him up there. And Joseph said, now, Pharaoh, you've dreamed a dream about seven fat kind and seven lean kind. And you've dreamed a dream about seven full ears, stalks of corn, and seven that were blasted. He said, what this thing speaks of is seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. He said, you better seek you out a wise man and take care of your affairs because there's a famine coming in the land. I mean, Pharaoh had more sense than a lot of folk. He said, you wise enough to interpret the dream. He said, you wise enough to be the man. He said, I'm going to make you the right-hand man. I mean, Joseph dreamed that dream 13 years ago. I mean, God then told him what his will was going to be for his life. Thank God he never doubted in the darkness what God had promised him in the light. And God brought it to pass in old Joseph's life. Brother, there he was riding around in Pharaoh's chariot. Had Pharaoh's lean on Man, I mean, everything at his command. While he was down there, he took a Gentile bride. Oh, listen, his brethren rejected him. But down in Egypt, he got a Gentile bride. Well, they rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. His brethren did. Thank God they did. 
Thank God they did that an old Gentile bride might come in to be espoused the son of the living God. Boy, I thought, I thought when I was over there in Israel, I thought, boy, I thought all those other things that I'd see would mean more to me. And they blessed my heart. But boy, when I got down by that wailing wall and saw them Jews a praying, Messiah cometh, Messiah cometh. Oh, God had stirred my soul to realize the natural branches had been broken off. That we, an old unnatural branch, might be grafted in. And I praise Him for that. But oh, listen, old Joseph was there. And then the famine came. The famine came upon all the land. And Jacob told his sons that I've heard that there's corn down in Egypt. Hallelujah. They got the word to him up there. He said, there's corn down in Egypt. He said, you all go down there and bring us back some. And you remember when they came down there, old Joseph recognized who they were. He thought they were his brethren. But he did not reveal himself at that time. But you remember the story how he wanted Benjamin to come down. His younger brother. Finally they brought him down there. Old Joseph couldn't stand it no longer. He let everybody out of the house. And he revealed himself unto his brethren there. That's the way the Lord's going to do one day. He's going to reveal himself to the nation of Israel, friend. And their eyes are going to be open. And a nation's going to be born today, one of these days. He said, sit, he said, sit back and get Dad. Go back and get Jacob. Bring them all back down. Bring them all down here. Boy, old Jacob got the word back to Jacob and he fainted his heart. Just fainted. I believe he had a mild heart attack. But when he seen the wagons, when the wagons come a-rolling in with all the provisions on it, he said, it is enough. Praise God, one of these days the wagons of the rapture is going to roll in. Provisions are going to be provided. We ain't going to need a thing where we're going. Hallelujah. I mean, they were down there in Egypt now and 400 years had went by. 400 long years had went by down in Egypt. Oh, listen. I got to read this evening over there in Genesis chapter 15. And I want to read this a second if I can find it. In Genesis chapter 15. And he said unto Abram, Nor of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them for hundred years. I want you to know God is, boy, he's got this thing right down to the line. Four hundred years. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge. And afterward they shall come out with a great substance. I mean, oh, Abram knowed all about that. I believe he began to relay that message down through the lineage. Down through the lineage. I believe they had a hope that one day they was going to come out of Egypt. Hallelujah. My, my forefathers I've been relaying that message down to me today from the Word of God that one of these days we're going to be pulling out of here, folk. I believe it's coming. I believe it's soon. We're getting ready to leave out of this little land of sorrow and hang home one of these days. Boy, I mean, here they were 430 years down in the land of Egypt. You remember there in Genesis, the last chapter? Old Joseph come down the time to die. Jacob had done went away. They embalmed old Jacob. They embalmed him. 
and got him ready. And old Joseph said, now I'm getting ready to die. And said, don't you dare leave my bones down here in Egypt. He said, you get me out of here. He said, you carry me out. And they put him in a coffin. And I got to look at one day and found out that word coffin means a hope chest. Hallelujah. You know what? You women know what a hope chest is. Before you got married, you had your little hope chest. And you had different little things in there that you were saving for the wedding day. I mean, you were expecting it to happen one day. Thank God, that's what I done with my daddy. I put him in a hope chest, buried him in Hallam Memorial Cemetery. Thank God with the expectation that one day he's coming out of there. Oh, Joseph said, get my bones out of here. God is going to deliver you one of these days. You remember now 430 years had come and gone. The Bible said there was a Pharaoh came on the scene that knew not Joseph. He saw how the Israelites, he saw how the people of God began to multiply and grow. He said, lest war come and they choose to go with the other side. He said, we'll have to afflict them. He began to make them build the great cities of, of Ramsey and the different cities there as they would make the brick and build and build and build. And the Bible said the more that they afflicted them, the more they grew. Praise God for the persecutions. Praise God for the storms. Praise God when the devil is a howling on our trail. The more he persecutes us, I believe the more we'll multiply, the more we'll go for God. You remember how, you remember the story? God saw that they were down by affliction. They began to cry out. They began to cry to God, and He heard that cry. The Bible said a son of the Levite tribe and a daughter of the Levite tribe, they got married. And the Bible said she was with child. It wasn't long to that daughter of the Levite tribe. She had a little baby. Before that, listen, old Pharaoh would give the decree that all the little babies were to be put to death. He said, you Hebrew midwives, when you go in there and do the office of a midwife, if that's a little boy, said, you kill it right then. You kill it right then. But if it's a girl, you save it alive. But them midwives feared God. They wouldn't have nothing to do with that for him. And you know, it's strange. Every time the devil goes to killing little babies, something great happens. I mean, they started killing little babies in old Moses' day, and God brought Moses to deliver on the scene. I mean, in the days of the Lord Jesus, Herod had all the children two years old and under the little boys put to death and God had brought the deliverer of all deliverers on the scene and now the devil's having the little babies aborted and murdered and thank God I believe deliverance for the church is right here to door folk I believe you remember how they had that little child and they saw it was a goodly child and they hid it for three months they hid that little child you know I begin to wonder maybe Moses Maybe little baby Moses' cry got stronger than the little girl's cries. And they didn't know what to do. I could see Moses' mother one day, she made a little, little ark out of bulrushes. Got that bulrushes and made that little ark. And boy, she took little, Mo she pitched that thing in and without with pitch. And boy, they tell me that word pitch means the atonement. And son, that was to keep them now water from getting in there and keeping old Moses safe in there. That was serious. She took old little baby Moses and had that little ark made. And she got down there and she placed him down in that little ark. And she reached down there and kissed him on the brow and closed the lid on that ark and just kind of pushed it out there in the Nile River. 
Oh, her heart was torn. I believe she went back over yonder somewhere and fell on her face and began to cry out to the Lord God Jehovah. But his little sister Miriam, son, she kept a watching that little ark. She kept a following it down by the Nile River and finally it got over there by the flags. It got in there by the flags of the river and she was a watching. And it ain't by accident, but here come Pharaoh's daughter coming down to bathe. And boy, that ain't coincidence. That's providence. And she got down there and boy, they saw that little ark. She said, get out there and get that for me. And brought it back. Now I believe the moment she opened that little ark and looked that in there, I believe the Holy Ghost stretched down peace to Moses and said, boy, if you ever going to cry, cry right now. And Moses began to cry. And the Holy Ghost pierced old Pharaoh's daughter's heart with love and compassion. And said, here's one that daddy ain't going to kill. I mean, this is one that daddy's not going to kill. Boy, I got little baby Moses, little old baby Moses up in arms. Old Miriam, probably just a teenager, just a young girl. Oh, she got to watching it. The Lord probably said, Miriam, now go up there and tell her she needs somebody to nurse that child. Yeah, that's right, Miriam said. She went up there, done her obeisance, and done all the things proper. Pharaoh's daughter said, yes, can I help you? She said, that's a Hebrew boy. Yes, yes it is. She said, there's no milk in your breast. You, you can't nurse this little baby. She said, that's right, what am I going to do? She said, I, I, I know a Hebrew woman. Just kind of lost her little baby here while back. I believe she'd be glad to nurse your little baby. She said, you really think so? I know she would. She said, here, you take her. You take him down our tour. And said, you tell her we're going to pay her wages too. I like that. Well, the devil thought he had all. He thought the devil thought he had him. Boy, he thought it was all over with. I mean, God intervened again. And the joke was on the devil. I can see when Miriam came running back and had little baby Moses in her arms. I believe Moses' mother just had an old time, that Holy Ghost fit. And oh, listen, I mean, the joke was on the devil. But you remember how he grew up there in Pharaoh's palace for 40 years, trained down there in Pharaoh's institution, next in line for Pharaoh's ship. But you remember? You remember? Walked out there one day and he saw a Hebrew and an Egyptian striving. He looked this way and he looked that way. I believe Moses looked everywhere but up. He went out there and he smoked that Egyptian, buried him in the sand. Next day he went out and saw two Hebrews were striving and a fighting. Remember how he went out there and he began to separate them? And all they said, why they said, are you going to kill us like you did that Egyptian? He said, this thing's known to God. Now this thing's known to Pharaoh. No, Moses began to flee. He went to Midian. Went to Midian, spent 40 years over there on the back side of the desert. 40 years over there in God's school. Boy, got over there and one day he was taking Jethro, his father-in-law's sheep, taking them up the mountainside up to about Horeb there. And on the way up, boy, I was over there in Israel, that land is dry, barren. Man, just rocks everywhere. Little old kind of little brush out there every now and then, different little bushes and stuff. I don't believe it was nothing uncommon for lightning to strike a bush over there when them storms and that bush catch on fire and burn up. That probably wasn't nothing uncommon. And old Moses went up the side of that mountain. He saw a bush a burning. 
Why, he said, that ain't nothing too uncommon. And he kept her walking. She looked again and said, that bush was a burning and, and, and it wouldn't consume itself. He said, buddy, I'm going to turn aside and see this great sight. Well, Moses got up there and the, Lord, the Bible said the voice of the Lord spoke out of that bush and said, Moses, pull off your shoes for you're standing on holy ground. Praise God. I mean, he come face to face with the Lord in that burning bush. And I got to thinking about that. Boy, I read a little article the other day. It said, any old bush will do. I mean, boy, that wasn't no spectacular bush. It just happened to be available. I mean, it was just there. Oh, we could just be there and get there. I mean, where God can fuel us and set us on fire. I mean, just any old bush will do. I mean, I'll do, you'll do. Any of us will do. Just let God consume us and set us on fire. But we'll say, but we'll say, come see so-and-so. Come here, Spurgeon. Come here, Finney. Come here, to There's just any old bush. I just presented himself available and God consumed them and used them. And boy, if we'll just present ourselves available, God will do the same thing to us. And God said, now Moses, I'm going to use you, son, to deliver my people. He said, me, God. He said, I'm slow of speech. Well, Moses had an impediment of speech. Couldn't talk plain. God said, I'll be your spokesman, Moses. I'll be your spokesman. He said, God, now who am I going to tell them sent me down there? When I go down there and tell them that I'm supposed to live with them, who am I going to tell them sent me? He said in Exodus 3 and verse 14, he said, you tell them I am that I am has sent you. Hallelujah. I am that I am has sent you, Moses. Oh, Moses, he like a lot of us, he said, now, Lord, I, I got to have some more. Something. Give me something else. God, know this is your will. God got out there and listened. Moses, God stood down his God, Moses before God and God said, Moses, what's that in your hand? He said, it's a rod, God. He said, throw it down. He threw it down. So that thing become a serpent. Bless God, God. Why, God said, Moses, you pick it up by its tail. I mean, God didn't want him to pick it up by its head. He said, you pick it up by its tail. Pick it up and become a staff again. He said, put your hand inside your bosom. Put it in there and pull it out. It was leprosy. It's white as snow. I mean, God was shining, but he was God. You come over Aaron, his brother, and he said, I'll let Aaron be your spokesman. He said, now, son, go down there and tell him, let my people know. Old Moses started down there. Eighty years old now. Eighty years old on his way back down to Egypt. Remember how he and Aaron went in there before Pharaoh? He said, Pharaoh, God said, let my people know. Pharaoh said, who is the Lord God that I should obey him? But he's going to find out who the Lord God is. His crowd today said, well, who is the Lord God? Who is Jehovah? I mean, who is this Jesus? They're getting ready to find out for long. I mean, sudden a wrath's getting ready to be poured out. And judgment's getting ready to be meted out. But oh, they said, no. Pharaoh said, no, no, no. But long after that, old Moses walked in with Aaron one day. Said, God said, let, I, let my people go. They said, nothing doing. Oh, Aaron, Aaron took that rod and threw it down on the ground. Aaron's rod. That was the rod that budded. That was the rod that budded. That had that resurrected life in it. Oh, Aaron threw it down on the ground. That thing said, it become a snake. Just slithering around there. Old Pharaoh called for his magicians and soothslayers and said, Hey, boys, can you, can you do anything with that? And they throwed their stabs down. And they became snakes. And their snakes typified death. Typified that death. I'll tell you what happened. Oh, oh Aaron's snake went over there and said, and just ate up every one of them snakes. Probably burped one time big. Huh? 
Praise God, death was swallowed up in resurrection life. Yeah, you wait, the rapture takes place. Takes place, oh, death. Where is thy sting? I mean, when the rapture takes place, death's going to be swallowed up in resurrected life. By the way, that old 1611 King James Version can handle them other paraphrased editions and good news for modern mans and living Bibles. He'll just, just eat them up, friend. Just eat them up. It's the living Word of God. No! No, Moses, get out of here. Do you remember what God did? The frogs, the lice, the miriam, the hail, the balls, the locusts, the darkest darkness. God said, finally, one more plague. One more plague, Moses. He said, I've hardened Pharaoh's heart. That he might know the mighty hand of God. Hey, he said, it's going to be death to the firstborn, Moses. Exodus chapter 12, he said, you take you a lamb, put it up on the 10th day of the month, keep it to the 14th day of the month. He said, you check that lamb out. He said, on the 14th day of the month, he said, all the congregation of Israel shall slay it in the afternoon, in the time of the evening oblation. He said, you're to slay that lamb. He said, you get you some hyssop. He said, you get you a basin. He said, you take that blood and you dip it in, you take that hyssop, dip it in that blood and put it on the doorpost and on the lintel. And the Bible said, God said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Oh, listen, I can see them. As they put that lamb up on the tenth day of the month, they watched that thing for any kind of disease or any blindness or, or anything wrong with it. And on the fourteenth day of the month, they slew that lamb. They got that hyssop. That hyssop speaks of faith. And they obeyed the word of God and got the basin and the blood in the basin and took that blood and struck the doorpost and the little and put the blood up there. You know what I always thought? I always thought that word Passover meant when the Lord came down, the destroyer came down at midnight, that when he said, when I saw the blood, I'll pass over and jump over here, and jump over here, and jump over here. I got to read one day that Hebrew word Passover means Pascha. And what that means, it means not only, it means not only would he just pass over, it means that he would stand guard, and that he would garrison that house against the destroyer. Praise God. 1957, the blood was applied to the doorpost and lintel of my heart, and the Holy Ghost has been standing garrison. I mean, shielding my heart's door against the death angel. I'm glad. Thank God. He said, when I see the blood, I'll pass over. Standing garrison. Oh, listen. When you look at that blood, you see the you see the redemption. You see the remission. You see the reconciliation. Boy, it was the only means of salvation that night. You know what? I got to look at that word redemption. And redemption one day. They tell me there's three other words that, that bring this word to light. It's the word agora, the word exagora, and the word lutros. Not only pay the price and bring him out, but he would set him free to be sold no more. Hallelujah. I remember when I was standing on the slave box of sin and the devil was bidden for my soul. But I'm glad he bid the blood and paid the price that I might be brought out, set free by the blood. You remember when he brought you out? 
You remember that and that? You see, if we, if the Seton family had been living in that day, it would have been me that would have died because I'm the firstborn in our family. Well, can't you just imagine? Hey, I believe I'd have said, Dad, let's make sure. Dad, let's make sure that blood's applied. What if we'd have been in that? Hey, you see, if they killed that lamb, they took it inside. They roasted it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They didn't salt it all with water. And they, they, they begin to roast it. And then they begin to eat it with their shoes on, their staff in their hand, their loins girded, ready to make their journey. But what, what if we'd have went outside and that would have been the basin? That would have been the hyssop? That would have been the blood in the basin? And inside we'd have had the lamb and we was roasted with fire getting ready to eat it. What if the blood had never been applied? Did you know there's a lot of folk in Baptist churches tonight? Oh, they, they, they know the lamb's been slain. They know the hyssop's there. They, they know the blood's there. And they're inside the church house trying to feed upon the roasted lamb. They're trying to digest. They're trying to eat. They're, they're trying to, to learn about it. But they've never had that blood applied. Son, if they'd have been in there eating on that lamb, had, had the lines girded, their shoes on, had staves in their hands, had, if that blood had not been applied, had, the firstborn would have died that But when that death angel came down, that blood, in other words, said to that death angel, said, get out of here. Said, the firstborn here has died in the person of a substitute. Oh, the, the, the price has done been paid. Get on out of here. Praise God, I'm glad. I'm glad my firstborn has done, died in the person of a substitute. The Lord Jesus Christ. By faith. Somebody said, I don't see no blood on you. I don't see no blood. I ain't worried about you seeing it no way. Don't make no difference if you see it or not. Oh, I'm glad he knows it's there. I'm glad, thank God, by faith, that blood has been applied to the doorpost and little in my heart. Huh? Well, I remember that night. You remember when he brought you out? So I bet you, I, I bet, I guarantee you that crowd, they never did, the crowd that got brought out that night, they never did forget it. They never did forget it. The Bible said they was a whale, a cry heard from Pharaoh's palace to the dungeon. For the firstborn had died. Get out! Get out! Get out! Can't stand no more. I can see them. God said, There ain't even a dog gonna wag its tongue at you when you pull out of here. So, oh, oh, I mean, hey, He said, You're gonna come out the mighty deliverance. I can see them as they come out that night. I can see them as they had their youngins, had their little possessions and their belongings, and begin to make that trip. I can see this little old stooped back mother over here. Her back stooped. She'd worked so long in the fields gathering the straw to make the bricks with. Oh, stooped back. And I can see her looking over the little husband his own hands. She said, thank God, honey. Praise God we're getting out of Egypt tonight. Oh, glory. I can see some little old boys seeing his daddy work out there for old Pharaoh time and time again. Them beat him and listen, I mean, just treat him like an old slave. And that little boy said, thank God, daddy. We're getting out of Egypt tonight. We're getting out of here. God's going to bring us out. Boy, I remember when God brought my family out. I remember when my dad got saved. I was just about five years old. But I remember when God brought him out of Pharaoh's barn house down there. I remember when my mother got saved two weeks later. And it wasn't long after that that I got saved. Hallelujah. The blood will avail. It will avail. I can see him as they come out that night. Man, I believe there's a worship in the Lord. Boy, coming out down through there. 
neighbors away. Then other neighbors would say, praise God, but get out of here. On their way out. You remember when God brought you out? You remember when you got saved? You remember how you was bound in them chains and then forged by the devil himself? Boy, you'd try to climb out of that old pit. You'd do your best to reform. You'd say, honey, I ain't going to do it no more. I ain't going to spend our money. I ain't going to gamble. I ain't going to do it no more. I'm going to do better. You'd turn them new leaves and new leaves and new leaves to get almost to the top. So I think you'd almost made it in the old devil. You'd stomp your fingers and you'd slide back down that pit over and over. But one day you heard about the blood. You heard about a man called Jesus that paid the price. Praise God, one day you cried out in faith, believing and repenting of your sins. And that amazing grace stretched down that pit where you was at. Praise God, brought you out of the middle of nothing, put you square in the middle of everything there was. Out of the kingdom of darkness, in the kingdom of his dearest son. All at one time. I remember that. He brought us out. He brought us out. He didn't just bring us out to leave us. Brought us out from thence, they might bring us in. They might bring us in. I can see, in, I believe it's Exodus chapter 13 or 14 there. Maybe Exodus 15. Old Miriam began to sing that song. They all began to sing the victorious song. How that God had brought them out. But you know what happened? They got to the Red Sea. There was the Red Sea in front of them. Well, they got down there and they began to murmur and complain. Said, oh God, Moses, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? He said, stand still and see salvation of the Lord. I was just trying to make bridges and floats and boats and, and trying to find a way to get across there. He said, just stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. That's what we need to do sometimes. Yes. We get to fretting. We try to worry what's going how to make it happen. God just tells us, stand still. See my salvation. He said, Moses, take your rod and just throw it out there. God sent an east wind begin to part that Red Sea. The Bible said he sent a pillar, pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day to guide them. They begin to hear the rumble behind them. Pharaoh's horsemen's on the way now. Well, just as soon as the devil lets you go, well, he'll be on your trail. He'll be on your heels. But you know what happened? Praise God, that pillar of fire just got up and went behind them and got in between them. It was a pillar of fire to the children of Israel crossing over. It was a pillar of darkness to them Egyptians. Those Pharaohs were going around and around and around and around saying, where in the world them Israelites go? And there's over going, choo, choo. Crossing over. There's a man told how that God must have parted that Red Sea at least one mile this way. They marched across 5,000 shoulder to shoulder, a line of 5,000, heel to toe, heel to toe, heel to toe. Boy, hey, that's a big God, part that Red Sea like that. Man, there wasn't a bit of problem for God holding her back. And somebody said, God just congealed that sea, and they walked over on, over on top of it, frozen. I don't believe a word of that. I believe, if anything, they had to put masks around the mouth to keep them choking to death on the dust. And I believe it's dry ground, friend. They went across on dry ground. And that pillar of fire, God saw that there's all across now. That pillar of fire began to go on up behind them. About that time, God, the Bible said, God looked through that pillar of fire and saw them Egyptians and they said, why, the Red Sea's parted. The Red, the God, let's get them, let's get them. They're crossing over them. Well, they begin to go across. You know what the Bible said? The Bible said God saw them and God just took off their chariot wheels. Remember several years ago, they came out them air impact wrenches. <laughs> Pull them lug nuts off. God, they, God just went. <gasps> and just inhaled and all them lug nuts fell off. Back that time, he said, let that Red Sea go. And thank God, I mean, God, boy, 
say that. The enemy in that old right there in that race. I believe that. Brought them out. You ever been brought out? You ever been saved? You ever been born again? You know this mighty redemption? Praise God, he brought them out. How did he bring them out? He brought them out to bring them in. They hadn't gone but about Genesis chapter 17. They began to murmur and complain. No water, Moses. No water, Moses. Remember, God, God told Moses to smite the rock. There came water out of that rock. We passed that place, the traditional place where Moses was supposed to smoke that rock. I don't know whether it's a real place or not, but it's just a, just a pile of rocks there on the side of the hill. That water is just running right out of that little mountain. Just to run it. They said, we asked that guy, I said, how long has this thing been running? He said, it's been running long as we know. I believe wherever that rock is, Moses, I believe she's still running. You know what the Bible said? The Bible said in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 4, the Bible said that rock did follow them. The Bible said that rock was Christ. I believe everywhere they went, they looked around, they get over where they was at, and there's that rock. I said, how'd that rock get over there? The rock was a fox. You ever seen these deer hunters get these imitation stumps? Get them stumps over top of them? I believe as the children of Israel made that journey. So that rock was just scooting around out there. Bible said that rock did follow them. What are you going to do with that? Hey, that rock did follow them. That rock was Christ, boy. Everywhere they said that rock, give them that water. God took them up through that wilderness. He brought them up through there. Got them up there to Kadesh Barnier to take them over. He proved to them that wilderness that he was God. Got them up there to take them over. A million and a half to three million Jews came out that night. Well, here they were now to Kadesh Barnier. Numbers chapter 13. God said, now you choose you out 12 men, Moses. You send them across now to spy out the land. One man for each tribe. Well, here they went. They has gone 40 days and 40 nights. Here come that crowd back, you know. Here come that crowd back, that bunch of 10, you know, that committee. That 10. Why? Oh, Moses! Oh, Moses! We saw grapes and we saw giants and we looked like grasshoppers. They said, we just not be able. Thank God for them two faithful ones. They said, hey, Moses, said, we saw the glory of God over there. We seen God over there. And old Caleb said, we be well able to take this thing. He said, their defense is departed from them. And they be like bread. Yeah. Well, if I could get me a big six foot by six foot piece of light bread up here tonight. Just get cozy. Just tie that bread off pieces and walk right through Old Caleb said, they'd be like bread, Moses. He said, we'd be well able. He said, let's go up at once and possess this land. Well, don't you like to have them like that little chart in your church? They said, put your word able. Praise God, let's go. God's on that. Let's go. I like them people with blind faith like that. Just believe God step out on nothing. Hey, but that commit, the majority said, now Moses, we, we better, we better vote on this thing. I just don't believe we're able. I just don't believe we're, kind, we're hardly able now to go over there. I don't believe we're able to go over there and give you a raise, Moses. I just don't believe we're able, you know, to get out there and take on any new missionaries. I just don't see how, Moses. I don't see how that, 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 that we can put our children in Christian school. I, I don't see how it's possible. 
Well, you got that crowd. You see, God and revival is just like this and in meetings and Sunday meetings and in, in every individual's life, He brings them to a crossing. Brings them to Kadesh Barnea, that crossing place. I've watched them in meetings. I've watched them come along, you know, and get right up at that crossing. Look over there and see the milk and the honey. And see some of God's saints over there shouting a victory. Praise God, having the time of their lives. They'll get right up there at it. And they'll start to put their foot in old Jordan's river. Oh, boy, they just can't get across. You know what they do when you don't cross over? You know what happens when you don't cross over and sell out and totally give your life to God? It's like a circle. God brought you out down here, brought you across the Red Sea, started you on that journey. He gets you to Kadesh Barnea. And if you don't go on across, what you do? You begin to make that downward journey. And you'll go around and around and around and around. Spiritually, just dying inside. God said, Moses, 40 years, 40, 40 days. There's old there. said, 40 years, we'll let you wander in the wilderness. He said, from 20 years old and upward, he said, everyone else going to die except Joshua and Caleb. He said, I'm going to let this crowd die. Let them die. Get rid of them. 40 years. 40 years they wandered in that wilderness. But you know what happened one day? The Bible said that Joshua chapter 1. God said, Joshua Moses is dead. Moses, my servant, is dead. He said, arise and go over. Oh, how many had been out there 40 years in that wilderness? Old Joshua and Caleb had had to taste, had to taste of them grapes in their mouth all them 40 years. They had known the glory of God in Canaan because of a bunch of unbelievers they couldn't go across. Did you know the Bible said in Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 19, because of their unbelief, they could not enter into God's rest? You know, it's strange ain't it? how we believe God to deliver us from a life of sin, save our ever-dying soul, deliver us from alcohol, deliver us from dope. I mean, deliver us from, I mean, uh, the depths of the pit of sin and come out saying, I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed, but cannot sin. I surrender all. All to Jesus, I surrender. I surrender. You know what it was that kept them out? Unbelief. Unbelief. So they saw God part the Red Sea. They, they saw God part the Red Sea. Well, preacher, if I'd seen God part the Red Sea, I want you to know I went across. Well, you saw God deliver your, your, your soul and make a new creature out of you, and yet a lot of folk won't cross over. And what happened in the wilderness? They disbelieved God. They disobeyed God. And they died. They died in that wilderness. You see, the reason I know so much about the wilderness experience is I spent several years there. Wandering around and around and around, in and out, on and off, up and down. I'd see the saints that got over there. And I know it was another land that they were in. They were in another land. They weren't in the same land. We was in the same church. I mean, went to the same meetings, but they was in a different land than what I was in. And I'd see them over there shouting and praising God and the glory of God on their lives. But you know what? I just wasn't willing to break loose with the wilderness. I had some wilderness habits that I picked up. I didn't want to shuck them and lay them aside. But you know what happened? August the 8th, 1976, God brought me to the Jordan again. Brought me up to Kadesh Barney. I'm thankful for the second times. The second chance is God will give you to make that crossing. He'll give them to you. Sure he has. He's given some of us many times to make that crossing. 
I mean, we, we, we wandered around just like Sister Sartre was telling this morning. I mean, she knew better than that church she was in. She knew better. But God gave her another chance to make that cross and get out of that thing. You know what? One day, I can see old Joshua and Caleb. I, I believe old Caleb come running up and said, Hey, Josh. Hey, Josh. He said, Yeah, Caleb. He said, So we buried the last one of them unbelievers. Praise God. He said, It's time to go over. It's time to go, Caleb. He said, You get the people together. Tell them to sanctify themselves tomorrow. We'll cross it over. This is what they've been waiting on. I believe that younger crowd was excited. 20 years old and under, outside Joshua and Caleb. Joshua was about 80 years old. I mean, or Caleb was about 80. I guess Joshua was about the same. Two old timers and a bunch of young generation whippersnappers get ready to make that crossing. He said, now here's what we're going to do. He said, you get the high priest together and get the Ark of the Covenant. He said, we're going to get ready now. He said, you put a certain distance between the Ark of the Covenant and the people. As soon as them high priests get down there, tell them to step that foot in that water of Jordan, said, God's going to part her. And I can see them high priests with that Ark of the Covenant. Listen, all them older high priests done died out. That's gone, boys. This is a new generation. Them younger high priests, boys, standing there, them, them priests with the Ark of the Covenant. Well, I believe they was just ranting and ready to go. Had been awaiting on this. Joshua gave the command and said, go ahead. I believe it was that first he stepped his foot in that water before his foot ever hit the water. She said, shoo, shoo. Boy, I mean, God was a part in that joint. Praise yeah. uh, God probably plumbed down to the Dead Sea that way and probably plumbed up, you know, somewhere toward Hebron. Yeah. He, God was a part in that thing. Son, they begin to come across the Jordan River. I can see him shouting and praising God. Said, Joshua, you told us. Caleb, you told us. Boy, it's just like you said it was. Old high priest got out there and backed up in the middle of that Jordan. Here they come. All the children of Israel passing over. Passing over. The last one got across and them waters standing like big heaps out there. God said, now listen. said, get you some men. Go out there and get you 12 stones out of the middle of Jordan. And then he said, once you get 12 stones out of the land of Canaan. He said, you swap them. He said, take 12 stones out of Canaan, 12 stones out of Jordan and swap them. And he said, one of these days, your children's going to ask you what these memorials mean. He said, you tell them right here. Right here is the spot where God brought us across the Jordan. Praise God. Hey, they not only remember when God brought them out of Egypt. That was just as real as could be. But they remember when God brought them across the Jordan. And that was just as real as the Red Sea, friend. You remember when God brought you across the Jordan? You know, do you understand what I'm even talking about? I mean, when God brought you across, I'd wandered in that wilderness. All my teen, all of my older teenage years, and up to the last 24 years old, I was miserable. I'd contemplated suicide and everything. I was miserable in and out, up and down, and on and off, trying to hang on the world, hang on to God. I, I was miserable. I came to my end August the 8th, 1976, and fell on my face, mother's kitchen floor, began to cry out to God, cry, Lord, I surrender all, Lord, here I am, take me, oh, God, if there's anything left in my life, take it, and use it for your honor and glory, and on that day, God brought me across the Jordan, and planted my feet in the land of Canaan, and I've never been the same since that day. And I won't tell you the rock records went. 
Haircut time come. I mean, short britches gone. I mean, listen, friends that I know wasn't right there is gone. I was engaged to getting married to a girl that wasn't saved. I mean, that thing was over and done with. I mean, God had brought me over. And I landed. You ever been brought over? He said, sanctify yourself. For tomorrow we're going over. You know what they had to do? They had to get rid of them wilderness habits. Them wilderness ways they picked up. And them, they got to get, get, had to get rid of all that junk. And lay her aside. Hey, you ever expect to get over there? Brother Charlie said something the other day. We was together. He said, the glory's still the same. But he said, the price is still the same. Ain't many folk going to pay that price today to know the glory of God. I'm going to tell you something. I'm like old Donnie Burns said. Hey, I ain't proud of it. I've had the liquor. I've had the liquor. I've had the dope. I've had the dope in me. I thought I was high. I thought I had a good time. But I'm going to tell you something since I got in Orlando Canyon. I ain't never known nothing like it. I wouldn't swap a million worlds for what I felt in my soul this morning. Praise the glory of God. The glory of God moving through like a f- I wouldn't swap it for nothing. I mean nothing in all the world. Somebody, I've heard folks say, I'd give anything in the world to have what old sister so-and-so's got. That's what it'll cost you. It'll cost you the world. It'll cost you that world. You know what happened? They got over there. Like I said, the first thing they encountered was a battle. Well, I thought, preacher, when she got over there in the land of Canaan and, and sold out and died the flesh, it was a hallelujah time all the time. Oh, no. But the blessing is, old Joshua got out there and it come battle time. He was looking that thing over. He said, I wonder how Moses would take the walls here of Jericho. I wonder how Moses would do it. At that time, he looked over there. There was a man drawn with a sword drawn in his hand. Moses said, are you for us or against us? He said, nay. But as Captain the Lord's host, he said, I've come to take over Moses. Joshua said, hey, God, he said, I'm going to be your captain. I'm going to be your conqueror. I'm going to be your comforter. I'm going to fight your battles for you. Praise God when you get over there in the land of Canaan and, and have him there on your side. I'm going to stand with you in the fight your battles. Makes a difference. Makes a difference. Oh, I remember when God brought me out. You remember when God brought you out? But you remember when God brought you in? Have you ever, have you ever been brought in? Have you ever been brought in? And what happened? I kept on marching up through the land. Jericho, Ai, different cities. is marching on through there. One day old Joshua, old Caleb came to Joshua and said, Hey, Joshua, do you remember that mountain right up there? He said, that's my mountain. Joshua might have said, now, Caleb, you're 85 years old now, son. You ain't as young as you used to be. We were just about 40 then. He says, I, my strength was then, so is it now. He said, that's my mountain, and God's given it to me, and I want my mountain. He said, son, well, just help yourself. He went an 85-year-old man with a sword drawn in his hand. I can see that thing glaring in the sunlight. And son, she was wet with the blood of the enemy. He took that mountain that God had for him. I'm like the sister this morning. I'm tired of being defeated and discouraged. I mean, I don't believe that's the world God wants for his young'uns. I believe God wants our world 
to be a victorious walk. And I want that mountain that God's got for me. I want everything God's got for me. I don't want what God's got for you. I don't want what God's got for you. I want what God has got for me. But to get that mountain, he had to kill the giants. And the giant of pride, and the giant of jealousy, and the giant of envy, and the giant, giant of malice, and start slaying them giants. There was a time when old Caleb topped that hill and said, I've got her. I've got her. Brought us out from thence that he might bring us in to give us the land. You know what? A lot of God's people have been brought out and they've been brought in. And they've known the joy. They've known the thrill, the power of God. They've known what it is to worship the Lord and, and praised Him and shouted and had the glory in their life. But they've eased back down toward Egypt a little bit. You know, I mean, I mean just kind of eased off a little bit. Only that's God's will for us. I believe God wants. That ain't a, it ain't a shouting service every time. I believe God wants us to be blessed. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hey, are you in tonight? I mean, are you in Canaan? Is your life, hey, do you get to experience the milk and the honey? Uh, it's got bold ways of sopping today. Son, I'm telling you what, it's just like, like honey falling down through the rafters of my soul. Praise God. I don't want to ever lose that. You know what? I've grown cold before. I've lost my victory before. You know what it was? I just kind of grown dilatory on the Lord. Diligent, you know, kind of backed up. Kind of quit praying as much as I used to. And it just kind of let the devil defeat me and discourage me. Next thing you know, I didn't have no victory. I just dried up and I thought it was everybody else's fault. Hey, where are you at tonight? God wants to call you out of here tonight. If this wants to be your night to leave, out of this, this, this walk of life, would you die in the wilderness? Would you die in Canaan? Would you die in Egypt lost without God? Where are you at tonight? That's about it. Here's something preaching. I've done my best to bring the message tonight. God made on my heart. Heads bowed and eyes closed while they come to play softly. I wonder where you're at tonight. I wonder where you're at tonight. Oh, do you remember the bondage that you were in? Do you remember the blessing that it was when God brought you out? Or does it still stir you when you look back and think about the blood? Or how God brought you out with a mighty deliverance? Remember how God brought you through your wilderness journey? He brought you to the Kadesh Barnier of your life to cross over. Hey, you remember when it was? Did you obey God? Did you by faith just trust Him to take your cross? I wonder tonight, are you really enjoying this Canaan land experience? Really, is it, is it really real in your life? You may be here tonight and say, Preacher, I just kind of lost my shout. I just kind of lost my shout, Preacher. Now, I know it ain't nobody else's fault but my own. Preacher, I'd like for God to restore to me the joy of His salvation to my soul. Hey, folks, we can have it. Hey, we can have it tonight. You may be here tonight and say, Preacher, I'm in the wilderness. I'm wandering around in the wilderness. You can cross over tonight. If you're here not in Egypt, you can be saved. You can be born again. Our heads bowed and eyes closed. I wonder tonight, listen. I wonder if there's someone here say, Preacher, God spoke to my heart. 
I remember them days of dwelling in Canaan. I remember having the victory in my soul, preacher, but I've let circumstances and I've let different things, preacher, just kind of drive me out of Canaan. And I need to get back. Help me to pray about it. I wonder if you'd slip up your hand tonight. Is there one? Is there one? Thank you, ma'am. God bless you. Someone else pray for me tonight, preacher. Pray for me tonight, preacher. I want to cross over. I want to get over there, preacher. Oh, I want to be over there, preacher. I want to know the blessings of the Lord. I want all God's got for me, preacher. You may be here this t- tonight and say, Preacher, I remember when God brought me out, but I, I don't reckon I've ever made that crossing over there into Canaan Cain, into like you're talking about. And I'd like to cross over. I'd like to. I wonder if you'd slip up your hand. Is there another one anywhere tonight? Why don't you just come on tonight, ma'am? Come on tonight. Come on up here and pray. Someone else? Someone else pray for me, Preacher. I want to cross over too. I want to get over there. I'm tired of having to be blessed off of other folks' shout. And I want to shout of my own, preacher. I, I want to get over there. I want to live over there. I want to, I want to claim the land God's got for me. You can have it tonight. It's a price to be paid, but you can have it. It'll cost you the world, but you can have it tonight. Someone else pray for me. Is there anyone else tonight, preacher? God spoke to my heart. Pray for me. Anyone else? I feel like God had me to ask this question. Heads bowed and eyes closed. I wonder how many of you tonight can say, Preacher, listen to me. I know I've been saved. And Preacher, I also remember the time when God brought me across the Jordan. I remember, Preacher, when God brought me across. And I'm glad to report tonight that I know what it is to be brought across the Jordan. Would you slip up your hand tonight? Slip it up. Slip it up high. Just hold it there if you're unashamed of it. Thank you. You take them down. I wonder if there's someone here tonight say, Preacher, I couldn't raise my hand. Preacher, I need to sell out tonight. They some of you couldn't raise your hand. Y'all will be up here in this altar. Y'all just come on right now. Don't wait for no songs to be sung. Just step out right now and get up here and say, Preacher, I want to cross over. And then those that made the crossing, are you still... Are you still enjoying the Canaan land experience? Father, I pray now that you'll deal with hearts. God, you know the need. I appreciate this dear lady that's come, Father. And I pray for others tonight that need to come. I pray, God, tonight that you'd restore the victory.